0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Black Expat Experience, a podcast highlighting the lived experiences of Black expats around the world. I am Kendall Tyson, your host, licensed therapist, and a fellow Black expat. We have another great episode in store for you today. So I would like us to welcome Tony Carthen to the show. Hi, Tony. Hey, Kendall. Um, it's great to be here. I'm excited about this interview. Yes, so am I. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Um, I just want to get, you know, the audience introduced to you. Uh, So I'm going to read the amazing information that you share with us in your bio. Uh, So Toni was born in Cincinnati, but raised in Los Angeles. And she's been in Mexico for the last 18 months. What city are you specifically in Mexico? If you want to share.
1: Sure, I'm in Playa del Carmen. Oh, yes. Yeah, I,
0: I started out in Merida, and I uh-huh. stayed
1: in Merida for like eight months. Uh-huh. Then I moved on to Playa.
0: Oh, that sounds so amazing! I can't remember the last time I've been to Mexico. I've been in Beijing for four years, so I am definitely oh. forward to being on the beach in Mexico somewhere in the next few years. <laughs> um, so. At 63, Tony Denise retired and she decided that she wanted to recapture the excitement of living abroad again as she had in her younger years. She also wanted to rediscover her faith in a new way. She knew moving abroad exactly. put her in a position to totally trust God. And yes, it, that's definitely a faith walk, I can say that. Um, Tony made the leap and bought a one way ticket to Tulum, Mexico. She quickly realized that while Tulum offered beautiful beaches, she desired more of a developed city. So she then moved to Merida, Mexico, where she lived for nine months. Um, having a strong desire to live by the beach, Tony moved to Playa del Carmen. And for the last nine months, she's been living her dream of walking the, dis- you know, living distances from the beach, walking distances from the beach. And she's passionate. Yeah about encouraging women over 50 to live more, love themselves and say yes to life again. Yes, indeed. I am. I love it. Listen, the part of really just, it sounds like a journey of rediscovery. And what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It, it is a journey of rediscovery. Cause I think uh, as women, we spend a lot of our lives um, giving to others and in, in, pro- in that process, sometimes we lose ourselves. Yeah. And so um, this was a time in my life where I had, I had raised uh, three boys, I call them my three kings, three young men that are doing very well in their lives. Congratulations. And um, I, it was at a time where I felt like, okay, I, could, I, I just felt like things were shifting. Um, in society, as well as in myself. And I wanted to just shake up something in myself and, and being in the same environment and doing the same thing. I, I knew I couldn't do that. I just, I didn't want that for myself. And then one of the main things, Kendall was, I found myself becoming fearful, Mm. Uh, you know, just to try new things and you know, I didn't know what the future held. I was looking at uh, retirement, wasn't sure if I was going to retire. I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, and I just, you know, began to be fearful about my future. And I didn't, I didn't want to go out like that. I didn't want to be fearful. And, you yeah. know, you're talking to a person who, when I was younger, I mean, I went to uh, hopped on a plane at 19 years old and went to London by myself. And it didn't even occur to me that I was going by myself. Wow. You know, and that's the person that I wanted to get back to that confidence, that fearlessness of, um, you know, seeing the world and that's what I wanted. And, um, you know, you can get, um, trapped. I don't know if traps the best word, but just, you know, life can just put so many layers on you. You look up and you're not doing what you, you know, what you've always wanted to do. Yeah. And so, um, I wanted to get back to traveling because I love to travel and not just tourist traveling. I wanted to yeah. live yeah. in another place and because, yeah. yeah. So that's that's kind of the what what prompted me to okay. make, uh, move. Mm-hmm. It really
0: takes me. Um, it kind of you already segued into like the, you know the first one of the questions that I asked initially is, you know, what prompted the decision to move abroad. And it sounds as if, you know, you have some experience in the pursuit of happiness when it comes to being fearless, seeing the world, really going and, you know, taking the risk of living life on your own terms. And that it's a yeah. very liberating um, type yeah. of venture. And so I really appreciate, yeah. you know, your mission, the specificity. Of the work that you're doing currently with giving being a lamppost to women over 50 who often the world tells us women yeah. after a certain become, age, we, you know, you're we no longer invisible. you know, right. And I mean, I'm 40, right? And there are still you know things I want in my life that haven't materialized yet, which I'm sure will happen, but it it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard reality to kind of accept and push through when the world mm-hmm. tells you yeah. what use do you have, you know, your past, right. your time. And it's just like, uh, right. hold up. <laughs> yeah. You hit the nail, you hit the nail on
1: your, on the head, Kendall, because that's exactly what, uh, the world and society does tell you. And I, and I'm like, I call myself an age rebel because right. I'm like, okay. it's like, just because, um, society says that it should be over or you shouldn't try things or they kind of push you to just kind of like stop doing things and I'm like okay so who who said we had to stop doing things who said we had to stop living you know and I'm like I don't I don't it's insulting to me I'm like why why should life just be for the young
0: yes yeah you know and
1: so um yeah I I I just, you know, refuse that. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, a, can be a paradox because I also honor my age and I'm thankful that God has, um, you know, given me the life that I've had. And, and I'm one of those people who embraces my age. Mm-hmm. And I just had my 65th birthday and I'm, I'm Congratulations. thankful for that. I did just last uh, June, June 10th. So I'm, oh, still, I'm still kind of celebrating. You know, and,
0: um oh,
1: month, right? you know <laughs> huh okay you do the we do the whole month, yeah, yeah, I'm going into July too. I got some big plans for July, so i'm I'm deeming that we still this part part two of okay. my celebration, um, but yeah, you have to you you capsulize everything very well because, yeah, the society will make you think that it's over, you're too old, um. You know, why are you doing that? and I think it's just because people get used to the way everybody does everything. And then when somebody comes along that does something different, they're like, Oh, you know, right. because I can be in a room of 20 people and nobody's uh travels that much. They certainly haven't moved to another country. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's like we we are outliers.
0: Yeah. And um yeah. I kind of like no, that. I'm kind of always been an outlier. So, I, you know, you and I have that in common. Um, I've never been one to really go along with the crowd. I'm not, I'm definitely not big on groupthink, very much an independent individual, Re- rebellious to a degree for sure. <laughs> and my mother would always say, um, stop trying so hard to, you know, to fit in when you were born to be the outlier. And yeah. sometimes that's a very lonely space. But I think mm-hmm. that through accepting whatever gift and calling is upon your mm-hmm. life, embracing it and leaning into that, there's so much liberation, there's so much creativity and freedom, um, and acceptance to be found in just sitting in the space that you know is available to you. And I, I yeah. often get the sense that to choose the expat life there has to be that level of, let me be, I want to be different, right? And not different to be Mm -hmm. novel, but because you know that there's more for you out there, you want more than the status quo, you're willing to make some sacrifices to realize the reality that you're seeking. Um, Yeah, Yeah, big sacrifices. for Um, For sure. But yeah, you're exactly right. So let me ask you, when you think about moving you shared a lot about yourself already which really answers a lot of the initial questions that i had i am curious what were some of the considerations that you had to make when choosing the country that you wanted to live in
1: um the the one of the first things i thought of was where black women were were accepted yeah um you're probably familiar with stephanie perry uh her whole Vicarious at the time she was vicarious. This is this was probably like 2017. I was following Stephanie, and um, she did a survey uh, from a on her channel about where Black women, you know, of all the places Black women had traveled all over the world, which countries were most uh, embracing of Black single female, and Portugal was uh, the number one of the survey she took. So I I actually. Yeah. It's everybody's going to Portugal and um, I, that's where I was headed to. And I still uh-huh. hope to get
0: there, uh-huh.
1: but COVID hit. yeah, And so when COVID hit, I had to put the, you know, everything closed up except Mexico had her arms wide open. Yeah, and So, because I was determined, I said, I've got to go somewhere and I didn't want to stop. I'm one of those people who, um, and I ca- this carries over in my life is if, if I can't do something one way, then I'll do it. I'll figure out another way, Yeah, you know, do, do what you can. I'm really big on figure out what you can do with what you have. And yeah. so Mexico was open. And then uh, the more and more I prepared, I realized that Mexico was a, was a good fit for me because it was close to the U S and right. I have uh, family grandchildren that I can get back to closer. Right. And then the biggest thing Kendall was, um, I grew up in a Hispanic community community in Los Angeles. I have family members uh, that are Hispanic. I mean, I had so much of the culture. I'm like, wait a minute. That is, you know, I didn't even experience culture shock, if you can mm. believe that, when I got to Mexico. Because yeah. I'm so familiar with the culture and celebrations and just right. the uh, kinship of the, the Mexican people, the warmth of the Mexican people. And so... It actually was a, it was like, I feel like God kind of made it for me to be there. And it was, it was just a good fit. And I, and I feel like I had been prepared for Mexico, if that makes sense. When, you know, when I look at everything, I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, cause, cause at first, you know, when you init- initially living in California, you know, everybody goes down to Chihuahua and, you know, Mexico is not foreign enough. You know, I was like, it didn't even occur to me to go there really. Yeah. Um, and then when I started, you know, learning more and more about expat life and I've seen some women that had went to Mexico and then I was intrigued and, uh, looking at the whole country, but it wasn't until I realized I couldn't go to Portugal that I started really looking into Mexico and, um, Merida was a a top space Tulum was a space, uh, that was real popular too. Um, and I want, and most of the people that I had talked to that had been there said that I would fit with. Uh, Tulum, because I have an artistic, uh, I'm artistic, I'm a uh, jazz tell. singer. I
0: can tell.
1: Yeah. And so, um, but uh, yeah, Tulum just didn't have enough uh, infrastructure for me okay. at this time.
0: Okay. So um, I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yes. I, you know, it's interesting that you say Tulum was lacking in certain infrastructure because you know, that is everybody's go-to place for Vacation and tourism. retreats and things like that. Yeah, Yeah. I remember when my mother retired uh, from the education system after thirty plus years. We went um, wow. We went on a cruise, and uh, Tulum was one of the. Oh, I I Carmen. I think that's kind of like in the same, all in the same area, right? Um, Was one of the locations that we went to, and we hiked up uh, a pyramid. It was beautiful
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah yeah Did you go to Chichen Itza I think I think we may have gone to Chichen Itza I'm not sure I have to look through my yeah. photos yeah plenty uh-huh. of those um so you know what do you believe as a mom of three having extended family I wonder how do you believe your decision to really venture out into your own you know world I guess you could say What kind of example do you believe that you're setting for your sons, your family, your friends, other women that look up to you?
1: Oh, um, I think I'm setting the example to let them know. And I uh, kind of raised my sons to uh, believe that they could do whatever they wanted to do. And I always supported them in whatever they wanted to do. And um, to not, to not be afraid and just really um, step out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah,
1: and that that's the example. And it's funny because you know I didn't do any of this thinking that somebody was watching me. I just did it because I I wanted to I wanted to do it. But I've heard from many people that I've been an inspiration, and um, so it's an example to to step out of your comfort zone and just to try something different. And even though I'm abroad, like when I coach women um I, I traveling is what is what my um, thing is I love to travel but it may not be travel for someone and so mm-hmm. I try to encourage women whatever it is you want to do maybe you want to start I've helped a, a friend she started a small jewelry business and um, so it it's it, it's really you know when you think you can't do something do it anyway even if you don't know what the outcome is going to be but you'll never know if you don't try so I think that's the example that I've, um, set for them is is to um, do something even though you you're not sure of the outcome but just to trust enough to step out and I think oops I think my thing is falling I think they got that message so and I think that's one of the examples that I um that I set for women to try it in fact one there's a young lady in Playa that I met um, wonderful young lady and um, we had a brunch there and I didn't know her. And she came into the brunch and she hugged me cause I was on Stephanie's show or not show her YouTube channel. And she said, when she saw my interview, she said that if she, if I could do it, she could do it. And she did what she needed to do. And she's, she's now in Playa and all over and other parts of Mexico. And just, I mean, her life has just, just changed tremendously, Wow!
0: so. It's often interesting that sometimes you know we have these deep internal desires to do a lot beyond what we what what's safe, right? But there's something about I know especially for me as a as a I, am I middle aged? I don't know. Not not I'm not a baby <laughs> obviously. I'm I don't know what to call myself. Uh I'll just say a 40-year-old black woman that still has tons of life to live. <laughs> Um yeah, safety. That sounds good. Okay, I'll go with yeah. that. Safety and security are paramount. And having been raised by strong mother and a very, you know, present father, um, raising me to fend for yourself, be independent, you don't ever want you yourself to have to be tied up, your you know, your existence tied up into someone else or your ability to survive. And I find that Uh as a 40 year old, you know, black woman that still has lots of life left to live, we, you know, I have these desires sometimes and sometimes we do just need permission not that, and yes, we can give it to ourselves, but to see other people taking, giving license to just go out and do, and, you know, having this, um, Indirect permission to, oh, like she said to you, if she can do it, so can I. There's a lot of, I don't know. What would you say is wrapped up in in, in that space for you? I, I can't, there's a word that I'm thinking of. I just can't articulate it.
1: Um, I don't know. I think, I think it is, it's a word that encompasses permission. You already said it. Because that's one of the, uh, that, that word is big for me because I think we've all given ourselves permission to do something different. yeah. And we have to keep giving ourselves permission. So from my standpoint, that's, that's really key because it's almost like, I know sometimes I think, well, can I really do it? Can I, can I figure it out? Is it okay? You know, I'll just be questioning myself. And I, I, I'm fortunate because a lot of people uh, I know get pushback from their family, mm-hmm. but I had, I had tremendous support from my family, from my okay. sons, um, you know, but I think internally I have to give myself permission. And sometimes I have to keep giving myself permission, yes. you know, to, to to try new things. But so I think per, that word permission um, is really um big on me and I um, I'll just this isn't a shameless plug but okay so I have a podcast as well right and uh, one of my first podcasts was about um, I think it was the podcast or in my anyways was about I had it was like I had like written a permission slip because remember when we were in grade school when you went on field trips your parents had to sign a permission slip so I challenged the women I'm like Hey, get your permission slip out. What it is that you, where are you going, what you gonna do, and sign your name. Because remember, then we could go, and we still need to do that. But we have a lot of blocks in our in our head. Can I do this? Um, you know, can I swing it financially? And then there's the social piece. What are people gonna think? Yeah. You know, it, there's there's so many layers to it. You know, yeah. but the biggest one is the one you give. You know to uncover is the layer of yourself like you know yeah go ahead and give yourself permission
0: yeah totally there's you know being a very communal people um that can be a blessing and sometimes it can be a curse uh, because we're so guided by perception Uh the world has Uh varying perceptions of you know black women but we're oftentimes spearheaders of movements creativity, change, Uh (laughs) you know, it, it, Uh it you know, I think it's in the roles that we play, we have so much responsibility, um, stated and unstated to, it's not just about us, right? It's how are we living a life, again, that kind of gives a level of tacit permission for other people. Um, I don't know, I was just raised to believe that what you go through isn't necessarily always for you yes you are in the midst of you are the primary protagonist Mm -hmm. of your situation however your ability to run your race work through challenges best situations gives a blueprint and a playbook for other people to unlock their healing you know so as a therapist yeah that's that's like the lifeblood right um yes I would like to transition into mental health because, you know, that is a heavy focus Mm -hmm. of the work that the Black expat experience does. And we will definitely give you the opportunity to talk about, you know, the professional work that you're engaging in. This is um, a podcast, a show that helps to promote businesses, you know, people's ventures, how are you impacting your community? It's all intertwined. So I don't, I wouldn't even call it a show plug. It's just what you do. (laughs) So Um, yeah, you know, venturing into like a mental health space. I wonder if you were to give a definition of the word of the term mental health, what would that be?
1: It would be, excuse me. And I don't, I don't like to say terms that are common, but I think it, um, being able to really uh, own your own truth or be honest with yourself, because when I'm not honest with myself, then all kinds of, you get yourself in situations, you're, um, it's just, you just kind of get into a mess for me anyways, mm-hmm. but I find mental health for me, like when I really have very positive mental health is when I'm really honest with myself, Mm. and that's been a journey for me to be honest with myself because you know we all can wear masks and you know you try to act like things are okay when they're really not yeah and so for sure. me um it's really owning who you owning who you are and being and being okay with that mm. because for a long time um you know I wasn't uh, like I have the, what I say is I'm, I'm a millennial, but I'm a, I was born as a baby boomer when I should have been a millennial because I never, you know, stayed in a job for, you know, 40, 30 or 40 years, the same yeah. one, you know, uh, and, it, and it was it was difficult sometimes because, oh, you're at another job. You know, I didn't grow up with now it's easy for millennials, you know, everybody changes jobs real quick or starts their own business. But I didn't grow up in an environment like that. I have yeah. to, you have to understand. I grew up in an environment where everybody stayed on their job forever. So that was that was a little bit yeah, that was challenging. Yeah, I get you that. Know? So, but yeah. So and so now, like, I'm at a place in my life where um, I I'm embracing who I am, how I'm built, and and it's okay. And I and before I felt like oh. There's something not wrong, because I don't think of myself as something yeah. being wrong with me. But, you know, you just kind of feel kind of funny because it's not like everybody else. And I used to yeah. think, oh, I wish I had the mindset to, you know, want to stay on a job for more than, you know, two years or something like that. But that's just not how I'm built. Yeah. So I acknowledge uh, uh, who I am and embrace how I'm built. And And, you know, I'm 65 now. I'm just now getting here. Mm. And so that's because I'm honest with myself now. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that I'm, that I'm honest with myself and, you know, you're, it's, it's a um, struggle because life throws at you different situations. So, so it's like, just because you're honest in one situation, that doesn't always translate to another one. So you that's still kind of have to, you know, constant um,
0: recalibration, right? It's, yeah. You have to, like, yeah, that's excellent. It's kind of like what, what do you? attain a certain level <laughs> you have a certain level of awareness power you know understanding acceptance but then mm-hmm. new level new devil and it's like all right exactly. so I have this there's a long track record of success and success looks different for everyone but then you're you yeah. approach a new pl- a new level right and it's just different a different set of circumstances that you now have to figure out how to navigate utilizing all the skills that you've been able to grow and acquire and that internal fortitude and I really believe you know like I'm going to use a word that you brought up earlier is embracing that outlier culture that outlier persona it is really trying not to Shove a square peg into a round hole. Round hole. The more you do, the more you are willful, you know, I'm using you know therapy terms, willful, fighting against the very nature of yourself, you know, going against the brain, you know, just you know, to be obstinate or not doing the very thing you know that you should be doing because it just keeps coming up, right? So the more that you are willful and just really unaccepting of the reality that's for you the more challenges you're gonna have mental health wise um relational wise there has to be this level of internal acceptance that helps you to move to that next step so being that yeah. accepting that outlier persona that gift of i'm just different and that's okay before yeah. sure that we do that yeah. um yes easy. i won't i don't know even though if easier is the word i will say less tumultuous and yeah yeah i agree life will be more fulfilling not easy by any means yeah Um, but i i i honestly think that if you're walking in your gift if you're doing the things that are more in alignment with the life that you want to live going through challenges is not what's what what am i looking for it's understood this is a part of the process right yeah it's part of the fighting against it
1: but I think I think you there's I think there's a difference between going through the process, but you could be going through a process that you shouldn't be in if you're being untrue to yourself and you're doing something that you know you're you're trying to fit into that square peg, you know so yeah. it it um, you know, you you could be on um, I, I saw this film years ago. i'm I'm kind of a movie buff and and this guy was on a train. And then he said, you know, he was he when it was going to stop, he was gathering his things and everybody's like, you're getting off. Because I think they were like helping build the railroad, mm-hmm. railroad, which is not what he came to the United States for. But he got caught up and he's on this train heading someplace and the train was going to slow down and stop. And he said he was getting off. And then he realized it was like this light bulb. He said, I'm on the wrong train. Like, you could be doing all this stuff, but it's not going in the direction that you need to be going in. Am I, you understand what I'm saying? I fully like, totally understand. Yeah, I'm doing the wrong thing. And and that's, um, I think a lot of people do that. It's like, they're steered a certain way in life because of pressure, parents, or whatever, or they think what they should be doing. And you look up and, you know, you're miserable doing something you don't want to do. Right. People, you know, that's, that's not a new story. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's pretty... <laughs> it's probably um, more common than not, yeah. and um and I'm really pleased because I think a lot of I think this culture right now because of what's happened in the world um people are like are reevaluating. wait a minute um you know now is the time for me to think about what it, what did I really want to do and yeah. can I do that can I get a piece of that and start uh you know going in that direction but Yeah, we can be caught up in processes that we shouldn't even be doing that. But we're going to have challenges, but let the challenge be in that going towards the direction that you you want to go in, if that makes sense.
0: I agree with you 100%. And then when I hear what you're saying and I'm in full agreement, sometimes I wonder if that is part of your process, right? Often we don't wake up to realization of, I know exactly what I need to do. I used to be an English teacher and... I, this is honestly my third career and a lot of some of the best examples for our students to learn from are non-examples sometimes you have to get a taste of what you don't want in order to really put you firmly on yeah. the path to I know exactly what is for me and I'm going to do everything I can to make that reality come to fruition so yeah, I think I think what you said um, is really is really
1: true. In fact, there's a um, exercise you might even do it with your clients, um, where you know, like if you ask people, like uh, you know, I'll say, well, what do you, what do you like to do? Or ask women, what do you what do you want to do? Or what do you how, What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? People sometimes the first thing they'll start, they can tell you everything they don't want. Oh, wow. I don't. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to do this. And so, like to have them write down what they don't want. And then what's the opposite of that? You know,
0: what's the
1: opposite of that? So that leads them, you know, so they've done these things they don't want to do, but in doing those things, I don't want to do that kind of, that kind of led you to be
0: a therapist, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so in that vein, um, there's this, there's this term that I learned in this training from this um, neurobiology expert. I cannot remember her name at the moment but she has this phrase that i use all the time and it's called survival of the busiest. and <laughs> i like one that, of the, yeah. so it's it's it really focuses on the thing that you spend your time thinking about um, lamenting on is what's going to amplify. so if you spend a lot of time focused on the outcomes that you don't want what you don't want to happen what you don't mm-hmm. like all of your energy is going toward that thing so you make that mm-hmm. amplify. Mm-hmm. so and uh-huh. when we come to like therapy and stuff, in solution-focused brief therapy, there's this term called like your best hope, you know, or your preferred future. And I often like, when I have conversations with people, not even in a therapeutic sense, um, cause I can go anywhere and meet anybody. And I'm just like, okay, there's some level of a therapy conversation. I just can't help it. And it's, I'm, it's always like, so what are the things that you are looking for? Like, what's, what's the best hope that you have? You know, what do you want? People really What's have a hard hope? time like identifying what they want. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but if you identify, if you start the day off thinking about what do you want, how do you want your day to go, what is it that you want to be in alignment with today, and you should, and you, and you channel your energy into that, mm-hmm. yes, you can acknowledge the challenge, mm-hmm. but where do you shift your purpose? And I really believe that expat living is a lot of that. I acknowledge what I don't like I'm struggling with you know how ghetto America is at the moment but China ain't perfect but these are all the things that I'm able to create for myself you know Mexico identifying what you want what helps you to be the best version of yourself mentally well mm-hmm. it's really like shifting all of your energy into those things
1: yeah and and like you said uh if if you're shifting your energy into those things that helps them come to pass. Mm -hmm. But if you're stuck in what you don't want, you know, that's where you're stuck at in your head and your mind and you're mad and you're venting and you're taking it out on others. Um, But I think a big, a big part of that, a problem is, and I, and I know you've seen this, especially with women, I will ask some women, you know, like, what do you want to do or what, what goals do you have? Women, you know, and they don't, they don't know because you know why because as soon as they start telling you stuff it'll be about what their kids have done what the, and I'm, I'm like no i want to know what you want and they don't no fault of their of our own we're so used to doing thinking of something for our kids or a husband or whatever it's like well wait a minute i don't a hobby i don't know if i have a hobby because I've been, <laughs> my hobby was my kids yeah. right and and so um the time that there's not enough time spent or when you ask that question then then it's like you know what do I really want so before before they really gotta do some soul searching before they can answer that question and I think all of us do from time to time because you can you can be what get caught up in the survival of the busiest and just be doing things that you're supposed to do so when it when you stop for a minute to think if somebody asks you what do you what do you want to do in a year or five years from now? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. So that's that's the first piece. Yeah. You know, have you have you seen that when you ask, like you said, they don't
0: they don't know. It's hard. I know. I see. I, they don't know I, what they want. Well, I see tons of stuff. But again, there's that permission of, can I even do that for myself? Of course you can. But you have to know it. You know, it's it's not it's not my job to you know tell people what you can and cannot do. It's to help you to identify what internal resources will allow you to get to that space? And how do you give yourself permission to that be part. An outlier, right? You don't have to live a life that other people have prescribed for you. Um, so, and when I think about like mental health, as women, as black women, nurturers, I think by nature, um, mm-hmm. bount- boundaries is, is really a struggle for some people, and being able to be firm in their identity, who they are, who they want to be, and that's not and that being different than what their family has said, well, this is who mm-hmm. you need this is who I want you to be, you know generationally, this is what we've always done that can be a mm-hmm. so I wonder yeah. you know as a mom, when you think of I kind of want to shift back to mental health. Like when you think of growing up, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious what your answer mm-hmm. is. When you think of growing up and conversations that you may or may not have had or witnessed when it comes to mental health and your culture and your community and your family, can you recall any conversations regarding like, you know, mental health, mental wellness, things of that nature?
1: Oh, um no. I I can't. I cannot. Um I cannot, when I was growing up, there was no conversation about mental health um, at all. But fortunately, um, when I got to college, uh, a roommate of mine, I just I think I was venting a little bit too much to her. And she says, you know, I think think there's, you know, I go see a counselor on campus and I think you might want to.
0: Oh, I love her that way. That's the way you do it.
1: Yeah. At 18, this was like 18. So, you know, let's see, you're still a kid, you know? And so I fortunately at 18 years old on campus, uh, 18, 19 ish, started seeing a a counselor, uh, on campus. Now, mind you, I went to a small Christian school that was predominantly white. It was a handful
0: of us had a great experience. I can imagine. Um, huh? I said, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, um,
1: and so, she, you know, she, you know, she told me about the counseling thing, but in my community and in our culture, it wasn't talked about Yeah. such that, um, when I went through college and I would have, you know, go see the counselor when I was having, you know, just issues I wanted to talk about, um, after I got out of college and had some relationships I realized how taboo like counseling was or therapy was.
0: yeah, but I
1: at a young age, I, it was positive., yeah. I had some very thinking back, I had some very, um, very good counselors and therapists. And um I'm so, so pleased that our community is embracing,
0: yeah,
1: embracing it now, but it was not even, you know, it wasn't even on the table. It wasn't yeah. it was never discussed. And, it, and, it, and, and that's really kind of, um, it's kind of sad because let's face it, we have, we have uh, as black people, we've gone through so much and we've learned how to deal with it. We had to deal with it. We had to be strong. We had to be tough. Whether you were a single parent taking care of all your kids or whether you were a man who was, you know, being harassed um, on your job, you know, we you know, it's it's a part of who we are. Is just having to deal with it and be tough, and we do it and we make it look good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But um, but uh, we we could have we could you know we could have used the support, and I'm so glad that it's it's now is a culture where, um, you know, even the black men I, that that are amenable to counseling. But I remember years ago. You know what? I might have mentioned counseling to some brothers. They were like,
0: that "Ain't crazy? Hell!" <laughs> and a whole, yeah, whole, it was whole, a sti- like. it was
1: exactly it was a stigma. It's like they yeah. don't like they don't need it. Like they, you know, like it's always you know they don't everything's fine. No, you need to you need to go talk
0: to somebody. Right? It's it's like uh, everything's not fine. You're irritable. You're moody. You drink a lot. You are <laughs> isolated classically clinically depressed probably right and I I'm so grateful for you sharing that you know there was a person in your life that recognized you know let me offer you this gift that uh, of of you know counseling just just to even mention of it and yeah I, everything, that, everything that you said has been you know, an experience that I've I've witnessed in the work that I've been doing, and I like to focus my work heavily on Black communities and other communities of color. Um, so when you say that there wasn't much infrastructure, I, I could, right? And my mom's a counselor, but that really wasn't a conversation that we had, you know, growing up. And I know that I was anxious, and I know that I dealt with depression, you know, growing up being a high-performing Black mm-hmm. kid in a very mm-hmm. white world. Um mm-hmm things of that nature. One of the things I really hope that our community continues to understand, and I think that we could have even had, you know, back then is the communal nature of healing and how as a community we can come together and create healing spaces, be that community circles, be that, you know, through dancing, you know, reclaiming like our cultural Mm -hmm. heritage and practices to bring about mental wellness but it starts mm-hmm. with breaking the stigma that has such a stronghold on yes. our community, and for and for I think very good reason. Can't add on another deficiency when we're already dealing with so many systemic things mm-hmm. that impact our mm-hmm. mental health. Um, yeah. So here's a question for you: As a mom of boys, when you think about your children and it's kind of like hindsight 2020 and mental health. If there could be any conversations that you would go back and repeat when it comes to mental wellness, mental health as young black men, I wonder what would those be? Um,
1: probably just a, more of a conversation about how helpful it could, how helpful it could have been yeah. And that, um, now mind you, because I had counseling, you know, in my college years, um, I, I actually recognized, uh, some areas that I thought my boys could have benefit from. Yeah. And so I, you know, um, it was offered to them because I, I'm one of those parents. I'm not one of those parents who, uh is too uh, afraid to acknowledge when your child needs help because if yeah. I see something wrong, I want to acknowledge it so I can get my baby some help. Right. That's how that's how I'm built. And uh, so um, there was some instances where I said, you know, this is out of my, you know, I need some help here, and I, you know, I know I I can't give you the guidance, but I probably would have liked to have spent more time really really talking about how, how, how real helpful it would have been. But yeah. again, like you said, even at that time, it was kind of a stigma, you know, yeah. what kid, you know, yeah. it's kind of a stigma. And, and it's not like, oh, everybody at that time, now everybody talks about it like a joke. You know, my therapist, this, you know, you hear it talked about so loosely now, yeah. but uh, even back then it wasn't. And so it was, It still, it was a stigma. So probably just you know, just really um, l- talking more about how, how beneficial that it's just good to talk to somebody else that's not in your circle.
0: Yeah. You know, that has some separation that's more objective because as parents, y'all okay. are biased, right? No matter, no matter what, there's always a bias there and and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, say, I ask you that question now because the statistics are showing that young black men and black women are died at, at, by suicide at higher rates yeah. than before.
1: It breaks and my heart. Yeah. It,
0: it is, it is, it is, it kills me on the inside, right? You know, with yeah. COVID, not really being able to be relational with people that they care about, um, just the racial dynamics of the way that uh-huh. the world is right now. And just being a teenager in general is difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think what I can get from your conversation, from what you shared, that really sticks out to me the most is the fact that you had experience, therefore you were able to pass that down and even open up a conversation mm-hmm. and offer it. You know, there's exposure, and so once we yeah are, there was have, exposure there. Right. Mm-hmm. So once we have exposure, that's a gift that we can give. Um, yeah. other individuals in our orbit and our families I, it, it has to start with somebody just like the recipe yeah. that we have in our family yeah. our traditions how do we begin to allow mental health mental wellness which can be very different when it comes to treatment how do we give that gift how do we entrench that into our communities moving forward
1: yeah that's a very good question um, I think what you're doing is helpful. I think the more we talk about it and put it uh, out there and it, bec- it becomes more acceptable, um, just like a whole lot of things right now are things are just more acceptable. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, having conversations, honest conversations, um, but basically, um, you know, talking about it and clearly, what all of us have went through in these last couple of years with covid and um, the isolation that we've experienced and the rate the suicide rates that you see I mean I, we need help yeah you know everybody needs help' not in our, in our community like you said is is um you know the rates are much higher and i i like you my heart just breaks and there was three suicides of celebrities, uh, children or people that are of note and um, black, black people uh, within the last, in the last year. And I, I called each one of my, and they're grown men now with their own families, but I'm like, look, hey, it don't have to be me. It don't have to be, uh, you know, talk to somebody. Yeah, Talk to somebody because, you know, it's, it's a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem yeah. when they, you know, and, and you, and you've, um, left a hole in so many people in question. And it's just, you know, we need, we need so much. Um, we need so much, we need so much help. So I appreciate, I appreciate your profession. Um, because people like, like, I guess people had a stigma, but I have never had a stigma. I'm like, I need to go, t- I need to go talk to somebody. Okay, And I had, the, I think that the blessing is that I had good, good counselors on campus. And then when I got out of college, I had a, um, a good template of, of therapy. So I know what's not good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as over the years I've had, I'm like, nah, they're not, you know, hitting it. So I've had, I'm, I'm just thankful that I had that opportunity at a younger age. So like you said, I was, I, I know what I knew how to um, what it involved, and I could share that and pass pass that down. And I think um, I think it worked because we in our family, um, you know, it's not it's not a stigma attached to it, and it's very acceptable whether it's professional uh, or either inside of the church getting some level of of counseling. I've, I've always been um, you know pro that because you you. Um, people we keep so much inside you know and we had to for a while but but okay. now you know you know we need to um release that and i know my mother um and it's this is kind of personal but um bless her heart i know she uh she has some we all experienced some traumas and um uh we i lost a brother um at a young age and I know she was, she acted like a trooper through the whole thing, but I know it killed her inside, but she kept it, she kept it inside and I try, that's, that's a challenge for me to not keep so much inside. So one of my, um, one of the things that I've done for myself this last year is, is when I hurt, I'm going to tell you I'm hurting. Honestly, if you know you hurt you hurt my feelings or I didn't appreciate that because too many times I just let stuff happen and that's not okay. Right. That's where that whole bound that it whole boundary inside.
0: Like you don't let go of yeah. it. Yeah. simmers on the inside. And so it's there's like a, a self-betrayal by not sharing mm. what's happened. It's a slow death It's nest. a self.
1: Oh my gosh. You said that word. It's a self-betrayal. And I'm so um. I, I i know i have betrayed myself in the past in terms of you know doing something i said i wasn't going to do and i did it you know and it's just the self-betrayal so that 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 term like it's like oh my gosh i'm i'm always looking trying to make sure that i'm not in um self you know betraying myself because right. you're just hurting you're just hurting yourself um mm-hmm. so it's it's a journey you know i'm oh. not there yet i have to um in fact, just today, <laughs> um, I mean, you have no idea what I came from today. And then I find out that the interview, I knew I was looking forward to this, but I'm, you know, we're in a time difference. Yeah. And so um, I just FYI, I'm actually visiting family in the States right now. Okay. Oh, okay. And so, my, yeah. And so my daughter-in-law, I'm like, well, I, got, I said, I got this interview. I said, it's it's uh, and uh, she's in China, and you know I got to figure out what time it is here, and because months away. ago I remember I, I looked at it, but this was months ago when we set this up, and she's like, "You got five minutes." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" You know? <laughs> and so um, I'm just like, "Oh my gosh!" And so I tried to hurry up and you got it because you know I wanted to uh, wanted to do it, but. You know, there was a whole there was some there were some boundaries that I didn't uphold today that I just and I and, and 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 it was a good thing. Like I'll give people um you know I'll give them a pass. And this person, she got a she got a huge pass today. She mm-hmm. got a huge pass because mm-hmm. cause I'm at a place in my life right now, I don't really give passes anymore. I'm like, nope, I know how to say real good. I know how to say no real good right now. I do um even if yeah you might not even ask the
0: question and (laughs) you can look at me and it's gonna be you know because we can master the look for sure I want to um right so I really appreciate you battling through you know the 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 gauntlet to get to the interview (laughs) we have I just have just a few more questions but you know on the (laughs) topic of self-betrayal I also want to add when you realize that maybe a decision has been made that kind of betrays a boundary that you've set, or something that you said you've wanted for yourself, do that in a self-compassionate way, realizing that, you know, every situation doesn't have to be a battle and that mm. you, can, you can kind of reclaim, reclaim whatever it is that you've, you know, given away and vowed, you know, maybe not to make that decision again, because every, every decision is purposeful. Sometimes we give in one so that we can move on to the next it's when you find that you're getting stuck and if you're constantly in that mode of going against what you said or about that you stated, it's identifying, all right, so what is it that, what barrier am I experiencing that I keep repeating this behavior, something's Mm -hmm. underneath that, right? So let me go back and reassess what it is that I really want Um, and what am I afraid of? Like we are really driven by fear a lot of times Mm -hmm. and that fear is not real. Um, and sometimes you get so, I think this really definitely deals with the expat life. We get so afraid of the unknown, that uncertainty, not knowing that that's where the growth is, right? You
1: uh-huh. can be stuck uh-huh.
0: and never get anywhere. And that's a decision. Um, so is taking that baby step each time. And so I want to ask you a question. How do you believe making the decision to move abroad, to live your life on your own terms? How do you believe it's, impacted your like holistic wellness mental health physical health how do you believe it has helped you as a person okay um
1: that's not a hard question to ask first of all the the whole it connects the dot of being true to myself I always wanted to travel I've always wanted and then the other thing was I have uh my family will um I'm wearing this bracelet I don't know if you can see this bracelet Uh but it has a uh It has a palm tree on it. Uh And my um, daughter-in-law blessed me with this about three or four years ago. She said, because you're always talking about the beach, that you're going to live on the beach, you're going to move by the beach, you're going to, that was it. I said, I was always going to do that, right? And I told my sons, I'm going to live by the beach someplace. I lived in Los Angeles, California. Do you know how much property is by the beach over there? You know, but I was determined. I said, "I'm gonna find some place in the world where I can afford to live on the beach." Yeah. So when I moved to Mexico, that I mean, the the I'm just like tickled inside, like I did it. Yeah, and that, oh, that makes me happy. You know, <laughs> yeah. Can you can you feel? I mean, it was I like I it. did it. I actually like I walked to I turn out of my apartment and I just walked down 10 minutes and I'm like looking at this gorgeous ocean. And I I, I did it, you know? And so that that just fills my soul. So that's a huge, um, just the fact that I've moved to get that. Are you kidding me? That's like, and the stress level, like I didn't know, and I'm sure you've heard this and you've probably felt this with being an expert, is I didn't know how much weight I had until I got there. And I'm just yep. like, yeah. And after, after months combined, I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. so it's really, I have to shift my brain. Like I'm shifting my brain being back here for, it. <laughs> I have to shift my brain. It's, you know, because I, I, it's just, it's just a freedom. And I try to explain this to people, but they don't get it. Yeah, It's just the, uh, the, uh, it's a freedom that I felt. And it was like a gift to myself and that I feel so proud of myself that I did that for myself. And it wasn't easy. I mean, you know, I've, um, hundreds, thousands of miles from family, from everybody that I know and love in my family, I'm away from them, but I wanted to give that to me, to Tony, um, wanted to give myself something. And I'm really big on, um, you know, like, We all love to, I love it when other people acknowledge me and do things for me. And I just, you know, got blessed with my birthday with some really wonderful um, things from people, but the real gift is when I can give to myself. And that's because i never, i never did before. So i am learned later in life to really, to just give to myself. It's okay. It's okay. And it feels really good because I'm valuing myself and it's, it's extra for me because I did not for a long
0: time. Wow. I'm so happy for you. I'm so you. happy for you. Um, I think, not even, I think just listening to you now, like, so you and my mother are the same age and it's, oh my God, am I getting emotional? Ah, I am. Oh, it's, oh, I'm, I'm so about to cry. <laughs> hey. Oh my goodness. Okay. I gotta live what I preach, feel what I feel. I can hear my clients now. Feel what you feel. Um, just to have in this in the in the phase of life that you're in, to give yourself like the space to be happy, the space to take care of yourself, the space to tap into the things that bring you joy. Um, I'm like so about to cry. I never do this, like I've never cried, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) No, no apologies necessary. I just,
0: I'm so happy for you. Like, thank you for sharing that because I see women every day that are so bound and just unhappy and it's like a slow apathy. And I just, I want more women, especially in, in like their golden age to know that you've done such a good job of oh my goodness of like giving yourself to so many people and taking care of others that how do you do that for yourself like how do you turn that around and feed your soul like how do you how do you tap into like your gifts and your strengths that you have like just imbibed into everybody else and it's not even about being selfish it is just you do have permission to to care yeah. for yourself despite what other people think like you have the license to create the life that you've helped Ooh, I like that. license to create I got to remember that like I like that Please take it. Please take it. Like again, you have the license to create the life that you've given other people the template, you know, and the support to have. I just, ooh, that just struck me. And I'm so like, oh, I'm not sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, you know, and it's and it's it's been a journey for me. And um it's, you know, I'm still on a journey. Um, you know, it's, you know, my life isn't perfect. Um but, what I've learned to do over the years is uh, uh, accept try to accept where I'm at and do what I can with with what I have. I mean, um my I don't have that much means, but I have God, and actually, that's better than having means.
0: <laughs> you know because he will make a way I have,
1: yeah, he he is raped in no uncertain terms. It's like I just I know that he. Um, he's got my back and he has supported this, you know, and here's the thing he's created me and all the desires that I have inside of me, he knows those were there. And the spiritual part, um, if I can get back to like, you know, the question you had said, what prompted me is, you know, I, you know, I went to a Bible school, you know, um, you know, was heavy into the word, um, Bible study, you know, church on Sunday, and, you know, really involved in the church for years and years. And, and, you know, it was at a time where I'm like, I, that's, I need more than that now, yeah. you know, and, um, and when I look at the beautiful ocean or it's not even the ocean, I just like the nature period when I'm, uh, and, and the beautiful earth that God has made, that brings me closer to God that fuels my soul. So that's a part
0: of it. It's like, I feel close to God when I'm traveling. I I love, I love that, you know, as, as religious individuals, very spiritual people, um, sometimes it can be difficult to help people understand that you can love God and you can also have a therapist and those two things are in alignment with one another. Um, so (laughs) you know, what would be your message to women that kind of struggle with the acceptance of I'm, I'm in this phase of life and I, I do want more outside of my spirituality and my religious practices. How do you help them to see that those things can be integrated, which is going to amplify, which is going to amplify like the quality of life? Yeah. Um,
1: Let me make sure I'm uh, understanding your question, like bringing the spiritual aspect into the
0: traveling piece. Yeah. Or, or the travel or what, or whatever it is that will help them have more fulfillment in addition to, in addition to your spiritual practices. Yeah. I think um,
1: it is really acknowledging whatever their gifts. I kind of start off with all of us have such wonderful gifts and talents. And so um, he didn't give those gifts and talents for us, for ourselves, Mm -hmm. necessarily. They're they're for others. And so I think starting with that first, um, looking at, you know, what gifts and talents do you have and how that will lend itself to, you know, where does that fit in? Where where would you like to take that? Because I think whatever our gift and talent is, it's going to connect to something. um, Mm -hmm. It's going to connect to something else. And then that usually leads, will lead you to, you know, you know, like for example, you know, um, one of my, one of my gifts is I like to sing or I love to sing. I've always done that. Right. Well, um, I was kind of stuck with singing too. And I want to go to Mexico. I says, you know what, maybe, maybe that'll even, you know, get me going again with the music, right. you know, open up my Creative process and it and it did. It connected, you know. And I got down there, and I had the opportunity to sing at a couple, um, uh, several restaurants, uh, or cantinas, or whatever, you know. And so there was there was a connection there. But the first thing before we can do any of that is we ha- they have to give yourself permission because if you don't if you don't think you can do it or think, you know, um, you, you know, I, it's stuck in your mind that you can't do it. It's just a dream. Yeah. If you're there, I don't, you gotta get past that. And I and I have a dear friend, like you know, she, you know, she says she can't. And the, and the and the reason that she says, and I told her, I said, um, I said, you're not gonna like what I'm gonna have to tell you. I says, but you can. You're making a conscious choice to not figure it out how you could.
0: Yeah, there's fear, there's fear there. Right, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that there mm-hmm. are some real world limitations. I get it,
1: right? Yeah, I get it. It's not like we're doing this and we weren't fearful. And so, what I tell people is, <laughs> I said, I put, I packed my fear in the suitcase, and I came on. Back, I packed it right play. on. <laughs> it's, yeah,
0: it's, it's it's over there. It is. It's kind of, and you have to address it every now and again. But you also got to put it in its place too. Like fear yeah. has a purpose, right? And a lot yeah. of times we're fearful of sometimes I wonder if we're more fearful of things actually working out than they falling apart. Um, Well, yeah. Fear of success. That's real. Oh, trust me. It is. And and that imposter syndrome attached to it. So it's, it's understanding that, you know, fear does have a purpose, but like you said, you're making the conscious decision to listen to it as opposed to identify fear what is it that with, that you have within yourself that has shown you over time that you can work through the fear and do it afraid. Yeah. Do yeah. it afraid, right? That fear yeah. doesn't have to be a bad right. One.
1: right, and you just said something that I, um, I, I uh, shared something, uh, this with someone the other day um the fear thing came up she said she was hesitant to get a go abroad and i says here's the thing you have you know she was in her i think she was approaching like 64 you have okay let's say let's give it to your 20 you have 44 years of experience of getting yourself out of situations Success. Like 44 years of experience you didn't you didn't got over a lot of challenges you're gonna you gonna run into some bumps in the road. Yeah, there you are, and guess what? You're yeah. gonna
0: figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. There's this, there's this uh phrase you that I, I see memes about it all the time. You've literally survived every last one of your worst days. So yeah. what makes you think that if a challenge comes, mm-hmm. you won't be able to, you know, guess it because you have, right? Living yeah. being a black woman in in America is a blessing but it is also challenging so if we can do that and thrive the world is our oyster but i do i really do believe that we have to be a lot more intentional about where are we going why are we going we have to plan things out a little bit more it's very difficult for us to just on the spur of the moment oh i'm gonna get up and move abroad and not have a plan um to be really intentional about what our next steps are gonna be. And so, you know, as our interview comes to a close, I wanna give you the opportunity to kind of share one, what would you hope the advancement of mental health in our community, you know, know, black people, black women, black expats um, could be moving forward? Um, To uh,
1: recognize that uh it's available now to us and that it's okay and that there it will probably behoove you to um to take advantage of being able to see a therapist or a counselor um that you don't have to keep everything inside you can get help and it will help you just get clarity on on being able to plan your life more um You know, it is so helpful to have somebody that's not always in your everyday circle to bounce some ideas off, to just listen to you, because I can't always hear what I'm saying. And maybe you could.
0: Yeah. Right. And so um,
1: so yeah, I think that's what I would would say is that hey, it's available to us now. Um, you know, the stigma is less, and even if it is a stigma, I like to tell to try and help uh, other women to, don't worry about what other people are saying. They're not paying your rent. And even if they are paying your rent, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, right. yeah, you got, you do, you gotta, you have your own, we have you, and this is what oh, I just get so passionate about this part. I love it. You get to do you and, and, and that's what nobody, we think we can't, but you know what? I get to live like, if you have an opinion about something and it's totally different than mine. That's okay. Cause you know what? That's Kendall's opinion. You get to have that. And that's the same with our lives. No, you get to live your mind. But so much, we don't know that. We're trying to do what somebody else thinks we should do or we're conditioned, society's conditions. But no, you get to, that's the beauty. We get to choose. Mm. So choosing, you know, like therapy is, um, you don't have to do it alone. You know, there's somebody that you can, you know, listen to it doesn't mean they have all the answers because they don't right nobody has all the answers right (laughs) yeah you're not even supposed to but um you know taking advantage that there's therapy out there now and the other thing is um i i i don't know if there's more you would know more about this than i would because i was going to say there's probably more black therapists now than there was back in the day but i remember one of my classmates one of my classmates and this was um 10 years ago. she was she was a therapist she was going to school to be a therapist so but yeah it's more available to us now and we'll be healthier um people and it just just to get clarity um and to give yourself permission to 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 talk to somebody and, and to get therapy
0: so yes. i fully i fully i agree with that i co that And I hope, you know, that the people that watch this episode really, you know, take heed to what you're saying. So I kind of want to give you just a, you know, a few minutes, an opportunity to share with us how you are, how you believe that you are positively impacting your community. I'm so interested to hear more.
1: Oh, um, well, um, I think I'm
0: positively,
1: um, i'm sorry it's, it's late
0: i know we're, we're almost done it, it's gone a lot longer than i intended but it's just been so, <laughs> that's okay it's, like, been, so it's been good um um and
1: and i have to it's kind of like two parts to this um i'm really big on legacies mm. and one of the ways that i've possibly that i possibly uh it's like the work the work that i've done before and i have three um raised three incredible young men, black men. And I don't think I realized it while I was raising them, but now I look at it and I look at the impact that they're making and and that was something that I did. So they're carrying on, they're improving uh, communities. I have one that's a minister. Mm -hmm. Um, I have one that's a a wonderful herbalist. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's really into, healing healing people with uh, herbs Mm -hmm. and then uh, my youngest is a wonderful musician who brings joy to people with music and and I was a part of all that so that's part of how I'm in my legacy is impacting the community Um, what I the work that I do with women um, and some like I said I didn't plan to uh, it's funny I say I was going to say I didn't plan to do this but yeah, I've I've had, I've always wanted to, um, work with women and, um, encourage women and inspire them to use their gifts for many, many, many years. And I'm so glad that the internet is here and I can do that. So I impact the community because I have, I have a podcast. I have a, um, Facebook, um, group, uh, on Instagram and, a youtube channel and in those four areas i impact women um i don't predominantly black women um probably but um i open it to all women to encourage encourage them to live more to uh you know uncover their gifts and talents and to um you know do what uh, don't do it like me but what is it that you want to do and do that so so yeah, so I think I'm impact, impacting the community.
0: It sounds like it like it has ripple effects. I love the the <laughs> element of legacy, right? It's not just about us and the work that you're doing. I would even say the the work that's happening right now in this episode, the work that you're doing, it's all about exemplified permission, right? I'm going to keep coming back yeah. to that word. It is the person coming back of- to that word. Right, the personification of you have permission to do it too. Nobody told me that I could. I had to let myself know, you know, that you can Mm -hmm. put the work into this long-held dream that you've had and make it happen. Right? It's it's a phenomenon of don't get in your own way. How do you get out of your way and you know let the stuff manifest? You got to do the work. Uh, Yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't start until you put the work into it, right? And give yourself that license to, yes, I can make this happen yeah. for So let me ask you, I had just two more questions. When you think about taking care of yourself abroad, being the best version of yourself, what are some of the non-negotiables that you have that allow you to show up as your best self more consistently? You
1: know what one of them is? Is to um, uh, well, and this this has come up earlier. Is to really be true to myself in mm-hmm. terms of, um, especially when I'm around um, the, my beautiful sisters or the you know the black communities that I've surrounded myself with. Is it's real easy for all for I'm not going to point out anyone, but to get caught up in other people's narratives, and it might not be my narrative. So I'm really keen on making sure I. I stay in my lane so to speak because I I from what I observe it's really easy to get caught up in what everybody else is doing or what they like or what they and and for me I had to I have to really stay present to am I am I doing this because everybody's doing it or am I doing it because I, is what Tony wants. Yeah. And so that that's what I have to do for my mental health because I can tell you know, when it's, when I'm not, when I'm kind of off track and, and uh, doing, you know, kind of being, just doing things because it seems like it's popular and that's what everybody else is doing. So I, for myself, um, that's one of the things that I have to do is really staying true to myself yeah. and uh, paying attention and make sure, am I really doing what, am I here in Playa or when I'm there, you know, making sure that I'm doing what I want to do and not what everybody else is um, not buying into everybody's other people's narratives right that's um one of the things and yeah. then the other thing too um is like you said like really being intentional that's something that i have to constantly do so things won't just um, happen i mean like if it's something i really want to do because you can get stuck you can get stuck being abroad you can still oh, be, be stuck in it yeah so i have to constantly mm-hmm. okay be intentional about moving forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully agree with that. And you know, lastly, what are you most proud of?
1: Oh, that's the golden question.
0: Um, you know <laughs> <That> what? <was. laughs> um,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat a little bit. It's two, it's two things. Um, the what I'm most proud of is is I am most proud of the sons that I've raised you know, I'm just so proud of them. And then the other thing I'm proud of is me. And sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm so proud of you because I haven't given up mm. and it's real easy to, it's real easy to give up. And, you know, um, there's some, you know, life, you know, my life hasn't, um, it's not a hundred percent. Like I thought it was going to look like, right. you know, and so I, I'm just glad that i I haven't given up and I still keep trying then I'm I'm the top I still keep trying I still keep trying to 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 um, to be fulfilled I still keep trying to whatever my dreams are I still want to try and do it and you know I'm proud of myself for not giving up and and um, trying to bring others with me because I do that and that's just natural I've always done that and all the jobs uh, my profession I was a Corporate trainer, teacher, uh, academic advisor, all, several other positions at different colleges, and I've always, um, always inspired and encouraged others to reach their full potential. That's that's who I am. And um, I
0: love my mom. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, that's that's just kind of who I am. And so, um, so yeah, that's. Um, I love it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I I just. I'm so grateful for this time. Um, it has really fed me <laughs> and I never get, emo- well, I'm, I'm emotional, but I never like cry on episodes. So I really appreciate your, your honesty. Wow. I appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you for sharing this time. So do you have any, yes. can you share with us how we can follow you on social media? It will be included in the show notes, but do you have any final words for anyone that's watching?
1: Sure. Um, First, I'll tell you where you can reach me at. Um, I do expat coaching and life coaching because I was doing life coaching anyway. But then when I moved to Mexico, people started reaching out, How do you do this? How do you do that? Or how did you, you know? So I offer that and I can be reached. um, um, You can reach me through my YouTube channel, which is Rise Up and Bloom uh, on YouTube. And then on YouTube, it's the AND sign, Rise Up and Bloom. On Instagram, it's Rise Up, A N D, and Bloom. Um, I also have a, a, Facebook group for any women out there who want encouragement, not just for me, but I, I have a group of some incredible women. Like, just, I, they all just blow me away. that are in the group and it's a rise up and bloom. And, um, I actually, uh, rebranded recently to rise up and bloom. It was, she said yes to loving herself, Ooh. but, um, uh, I can, I can encompass that. So, um, yeah, and on Instagram, Rise Up and Bloom. So I think I covered it. YouTube, Instagram, Rise Up Rise and Bloom, Tony Denise Carthon, you got me. But um, I would love to work with anyone who's interested in uh, uh, moving abroad or to Mexico. And then also, maybe it's not moving abroad. It's whatever, you know, whatever they want to do. But um, I bring my skills and talents and my gift of just, uh, I really believe in people being able to do what you know live the life that they want to live you know and maybe they can't do all of it but let's get a little bit of that in there you right. know so um yeah so I just encourage um um good listeners or your your followers to uh especially the women well I'm not I don't want to say especially the women because I know this is for um expats period because I know men you know need counseling too but all I can do is say I've had a very positive experience with uh, counseling and therapy. And so I encourage you, um, to take advantage of it and, and you, you, you know, you'll, you'll be glad. You'll be glad you did. You'll, you'll thank me and Kendall later, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you that. so much. Huh? I said, I fully agree with that. Yeah. But, uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's, um, it really allowed my day to end on a positive note because prior to this, <laughs> well, so this was a blessing that it, the timing, the timing was good because yeah, I can go to sleep on a very positive note. But before yes. this conversation, it was like mayhem and confusion and all. Anyway, so well, so blessed. good. So
0: thank you. You are so welcome. I'm glad that you know we could give you the opportunity to kind of a little bit more settled and end on a positive note and yeah. so for everyone that's watching I want to thank you for tuning into the Black Expat Experience I encourage you all to keep taking risks impacting your communities and make sure above all that you prioritize your mental health um, please go to the show subscribe like and share um, and gift this to your communities as well and be on the lookout for the next amazing episode and with that I'm going to say peace to everyone, and thank you, Tony, for stopping by today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>